Good morning, my name is Nate Wan Jae Sun. Early in November, Reverend Wong Gong asked me if I could come over and blow leaves in the parking lot. I told her I would like to, but all my weekends in November were already spoken for because I had gone into Dharma talk preparation mode. She said, a month ahead of time, you take these things too seriously. <laughs> she said, tell you what, in December, I plan on dedicating gratitude to the sustainers. And perhaps instead of a Dharma talk, you could just say a few words about why you like to donate to the temple and what you get in return. I said, well, that sounds easy. I'd love to do that. She said, good. Now will you come over and blow leaves? <laughs> the title of today's talk is The Joy of Donna, Why I Donate. The scripture reading is from the founding master. A disciple asked, what is the difference between making Donna offerings that retain a sign of self, which means ego, and making Donna offerings that are free from the sign of self. The founding master said, Donna practice is like fertilizing fruit trees. Making offerings that retain the sign of self is like spreading fertilizer on the top of the soil. But making offerings that are signless is like digging fertilizer into the soil. Fertilizer spread on top of the soil can be easily scattered, but fertilizer dug into the soil will find its energy to be long-lasting and effective. So, why do I donate? It's definitely not out of obligation, which would be a heavy, egoic reason, an effortful, joyless should that could easily get scattered by the wind. It's not something I ever needed to think through. There's rarely any calculation involved. I'm doing this in order to get that. Rarely any signs of self, such as desire for recognition. I'm not sure there's any thought involved. Not even if I, if I do this, it will be good for the temple. Not that there isn't a time to think about what the temple needs and to make plans to get there. But looking over the things I've done for the temple through the years, it seems the impulse to contribute originates from a place independent of planning, outside of time and beyond mind, a spontaneous intrusion of grace that resonates naturally and harmoniously with the soil that nurtures this temple. It just feels right, makes me happy. I suppose I could end right there, but that talk would be too short. <laughs> so, so here are a few more thoughts about the signless fertilizer of gratitude and joy. I donate so I can have a spiritual home, one that is always open, always reliable, always welcoming. These dedicated reverends are devoted to supporting my goals of courage, kindness, authenticity, and spiritual awakening. Here, I have friends 
who share my interest in self-discovery, friends from whom I receive encouragement, reassurance, and gratitude. It's a lot like the adult hockey team I used to play for. <laughs> we were average players, but we mattered to each other and we needed each other. If one of us didn't show up for the midnight game, it made it harder for the rest of us. If one of us was practicing more and improving, it was good for the team. And if one of us had a particularly good game, playing above our usual level, there were murmurings of approval from the bench. <laughs> I donate out of gratitude. I retired early because I sensed that I had another significant chapter in my life. After a year of effervescent decompression, I discovered this temple. And this began the most meaningful, enlivening, and jaw-dropping journey of my life. Our reverends had arrived on the scene to pull me out of a fire I didn't even know I was in. How can I measure the magnitude of this gift? It was the gift of myself, the slow motion release from the confines of the person I had always imagined myself to be, and the, the discovery of the beauty and the wonder of who I truly am. Though the reverence could not open this door for me, nor step through it with me, they could shine a light in the right direction, lean against my back when I hesitated, steady me when I stumbled, and acknowledge me when I had the courage to step through another layer of fearful belief. I donate for freedom. I think of a baby crawling away from its mother looking over its shoulder for reassurance that the connection will not be lost. So, if I'm away for the summer, or even if, like the prodigal son, I wander off into the wilderness, I know this temple and our reverence will welcome my return. Here I have freedom to come and go as feels right to me, to explore other avenues toward awakening that may speak to me, and then, as returning from an exotic vacation, I get to share with my family what I've learned elsewhere, enriching the conversation for us all. I donate out of love. I truly love and care for our reverence and all the Kyomanims and other locations who have given so generously of themselves to assist me on this path to liberation. Taking care of things in my own home can feel like a chore. Taking care of things here feels uncomplicated, a gift of grace and the requital of grace. I donate for sustainability. My granddaughter just became old enough to attend her first children's camp and she loved it. She's teaching these two-year-old twins how to meditate. <laughs> I want this resource to be available to her as she matures. Where else will she walk with people who love her, who honor her inner beauty, share her childlike, uninhibited joy, guide her gently without any dogma, knowing she came into the world as a beautiful Buddha, deserving love, not for what she may accomplish, but just for who she is.
I donate to keep me humble. Once I told Reverend Wong Gong I loved all this wisdom that was gathering inside of me, but I was concerned about my desire to be admired for this wisdom. She said, Nate, you're a wise guy. (laughs) Her English is better than she realizes. (laughs) Here are some of my favorite volunteer activities. Our reverends generally don't do special things for themselves, and they're so gracious and unassuming when something nice is done for them, perhaps preparing a meal or taking them out to a movie or a restaurant. I feel so fortunate to spend time with these gentle souls, and I cannot for the life of me understand why I don't have to wait in line for this opportunity. Recently, when Venerable Jixelman was visiting, it's my pleasure to take him and our reverend out for lunch. There was such cheerfulness, enjoyment, and goodwill, a shared understanding that their efforts on my behalf were being acknowledged and requited. Some Fridays I go to Trader Joe's to buy flowers for the weekend service. I love mindfully appraising and matching the flowers, maybe asking the person next to me if they think they look good, sharing my selection with the cashier and telling them they are from my Korean Buddhist temple. I love the happiness in the reverend's faces when they see the flowers, fresh, colorful, and full of potential. And Saturday, I get to see the new life given to those flowers, shimmering in their arrangement, and to know they're being shared with all of you. I'm one of the people the reverends call on to review grammar and syntax of their talks. I feel as if I've won the Dharma talk sweepstakes. Over time, we've developed an easy, familiar rhythm, and I'm honored that they trust me and feel confident and comfortable working with me. I enjoy working in our gardens and grounds. It's a tranquil, idyllic setting, and the physical work puts my mind at rest. Usually, the reverends will bring out a drink or a snack, a smile of appreciation, and sometimes a brief Dharma lesson. I enjoy knowing that the work I do will be appreciated by many of you, especially trimming the hedges. When entering the driveway, I find it unsettling if the tops of the hedges are, tops of the hedges are ragged and bumpy, because then I'm likely to have a ragged and bumpy meditation. But if the hedges have been trimmed and my entrance is ever so smooth, then my meditation is likely to be smooth. One summer, all the East Coast Kyomanims were having their annual retreat at the Wan Dharma Center. I was on my way from North Carolina to Vermont, and the Kyomanims suggested I stop by to say hello. The morning of my arrival, I called to see if there was an offering I could bring, perhaps some herbal tea or some flowers. I heard a murmuring in the background, and then the matter-of-fact reply, two dozen donuts. That was my best ever visit to Dunkin' Donuts, telling the clerk, two dozen donuts for the Buddhist monks. (laughs) Did I do this because there was a sign of ego, because I thought it would make me look good? No, I did it for the joy of it. (laughs) When returning from Vermont in the fall, I also enjoyed bringing them maple syrup that my neighbor makes. 
course, the reverends don't drink or smoke, so it's fun to see how partial they are to this particular substance. <laughs> Might there be a better use of my savings? Not that I know of. Donations receive impeccable stewardship, and the impact for our community is multiplied by their hard work and its spiritual dimension. I'm aware of supporting one of the few places that will remind us we are already the happiness which we seek. It is our birthright. We need not strive for it or wait for material success or recognition from others or the right relationship. We need only open our hearts and live from there. I love supporting Trader Joe's, but they have never told me that. <laughs> These are good people to have in your camp for the long haul. When I begin to seriously deteriorate, I want to receive sick visit from these reverends. Those are a sight to behold. Kind, energetic, attentive, unafraid, and prayerful. And when I'm transitioning from form to formless, I want to know that the reverence will be there to remind me, no birth, no death, and ease my passage.